0: I'm Bird. I want to speak today about trauma and awakening and the the role that what one might call trauma or trauma healing might play in a process of waking up to (laughs) truth, if you'd like to call it that. And this topic is is something that's very, very familiar to me. It's a trauma is a a world that I played in for a really long time through doing my own inner work in terms of psychotherapy and numerous... (laughs) trauma healing modalities before my my actual negation process or call it an awakening process begin to unfold and the the relationship though with what at one point i called trauma has shifted very dramatically and now from from a different perspective it's it's quite interesting to to look back at kind of the the ways that in our in our social construct within our society that we look at something like trauma or define something like trauma or even approach something like trauma and i think it it seems common that somebody and you know I I speak from personal experience with this that through seeking an awakened state you know there's there's a point in this journey where there is a deep seeking mechanism and and a chasing of what one might call an awakened state and through seeking that there's, there's a trap that we fall into, which is an avoidance of what's actually always here, always present. So it's, it's an interesting paradox that in the seeking of an awakened state, there's actually an avoidance of what a true awakened state is, which is full beingness with exactly what is with life as it is with the ground of of our of our being or with our true nature if you'd like to call it that so There's a common way that many of us approach trauma or trauma healing, and you know this this approach is very familiar to me because I spent years uh, interacting in this in this world in this way through my own psychotherapy, through exploring healing modalities in myself, through becoming a a trauma-informed yoga therapist to now facilitating psychedelic ceremonies where there, there can be said to be a big component of releasing those energies. But it's interesting that in the same way that one might grasp for an awakened state, human beings, the human, the, the, the thinking mind grasps for future states, whether that future state be an awakened state, whether that future state be a state when we no longer have any trauma, whether that future state be a state where we are fully and completely healed or you know, what have you, whatever, whatever that future state is, the, the, the thinking mind naturally seeks for those future states so and that essentially creates the the identity structure or the ego structure if you'd like to call it that is is the the thinking minds grasping for a better future state in which I me will be the character will be free of something and simultaneously drawing or dragging uh, a a story from the past in as well and and in as it relates to trauma that story might be i experienced such and such or i was wounded in in this way or i am a victim of this or i am a survivor of this so what the, the thinking mind does, and, and this is partially how the, the ego or identity structure of the character is built, is that it's constantly pulling from those two states that, that in actuality don't exist. <laughs> so pulling from a, a hopeful future and the story of a past experience and drawing them into this and, and creating a, a narrative around it. A narrative through which, or a lens through which, reality is perceived. And what awakening is is the dropping of those stories, those any any stories, any beliefs, every story, every belief that the character that make up the character, that um, essentially deconstructing uh, every lens through which the character perceives what is until. What is left is the the relative world in its in its natural and in true state. So, in this in this grasping, in this seeking, in in this construction of a of a narrative, what is here, what is actually here, is not seen because it's only seen through that lens, and that lens acts as a distortion so the thinking mind or the character or the the identity distorts creates a distortion through which reality is perceived and in when we look at at trauma it's a really interesting one because there is so you know I, I think in that seeking, especially in a spiritual seeking, there's at least unconsciously, I think for a lot of us, and this this was the case for me for a lot of this process and and at one point, I realized that it was a trap that I had fallen into, is that there was such a a, a reaching towards some future state of awakening that I was trying to mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially hop over all of the the shadowy bits. And and I had already done a great deal of uh, call it trauma work or healing work even before this, but the <laughs> the the character and the attachments of the character um, the character is really good at hiding the ego is really good at hiding in plain sight, and it's almost like a, a at least what I what I saw in myself it was like a protective mechanism that it was there were bits that. It really didn't want to let go of because it was just really deeply attached to. So in that new type of seeking towards a an awakened state, there was a an attempt to kind of hop over <laughs> all of those attachments and all of those bits that that it didn't want to give up clinging to. <clears throat> and um, but what What's often not realized at least in in a mind that is very attached to a future awakened state or is really desperately chasing or reaching for some future awakened state, is that there's a a thought or an idea that awakening will allow for the transcendence of everything that i don't i the, the character doesn't like about itself about the world about others <clears throat> and there's a there's an idea that that through reaching an awakened state the the ego will be transcended and when i use the word ego it, it's um you know the way that i often hear that, that word used is as it relates to things that that the character deems negative or the things that the character doesn't enjoy about about itself so maybe in, in a moment of um, an awareness of a selfishness or an awareness of a judgment there might be a thought or even a a statement of oh that's that's my ego that's just there's there's my ego again and it's often attributed to qualities that we deem to be negative or qualities that that we find distasteful that we're trying to get rid of or transcend but the the ego also and often more so encompasses and is made up of those attachments that we are deeply deeply drawn to and deeply attached to so Love, like the idea of love, the idea of a god, the idea of any anything that the character might be really seeking towards that state of healing or samadhi or bliss or what what have you, whatever whatever it is, is that those attachments also really deeply make up that ego structure. so the ego structure really wants to. Hop over all of those those bits that it's really deeply attached to that it it likes that that really makes up a, a very central part of the character in seeking towards that awakened state. and but what what actually <laughs> happening happens in in a process of true awakening um, and you know Henry and I talk about this this quite frequently is that we we kind of refer to it as a negation process where, Essentially it's a seeing through of various beliefs and stories and ideas and, and attachments in the character. And you know, what what the character often does is it like seeks to get rid of something while simultaneously kind of like dragging along a, a past experience. So there's that ping ponging between past future, past, future, past future, which creates the distortion through which reality is perceived. So, the, in that negation process that that happens where ev- every belief is is encountered, is confronted and the the either reaching or pushing away of something that that constructs that belief is seen through and ultimately that the belief is uprooted. So the belief altogether is completely negated. So both sides of any concept comes to be negated, so in um, so as that relates to trauma, it's interesting because you know the way that I used to engage with trauma work in myself and even in working with others was very much from the perspective of uh, maybe the way that talk therapy might engage with it and and that's not to say that talk therapy is not helpful because it was immensely helpful during a certain part of of my life before this negation process happened started happening and it kind of laid the foundation for um an ability to to really deeply confront those those human bits (laughs) and so what what very frequently tends to happen in engaging in trauma work is that maybe there is a release of an old story, but but the way that the character and the ego is set up is that there's a constant reaching. So maybe an old story is released and, and you might call that um, like an energy tie to a traumatic experience or a story that because this experience happened to me, therefore I'm not worthy of whatever, you know, the thing, good things that, that I have in my life or, or, you know, like a fundamental lack of, of unworthiness, something, something like that. But there's a, maybe a, a release of something like that, but what the, the character and the, the ego do in order to maintain control or in order to not be dethroned as they as you know henry and i often often say is that there's then a new story constructed or a new identity that begins to automatically completely automatically be constructed that there's maybe now an identity that i am a survivor of this thing that i've let go of and and that starts to form into a new belief (laughs) or, or a new, a new, um, grasping or that, um, what often happens is that people will get very interested in trying to heal others. So then there's a new identity of a helper for things like that. And that's not to say that, that helping in that way is, is not good or shouldn't be, shouldn't be done, but the sticky bit, at least when it comes to a process of negation and seeing th- seeing the the character for what it is, is the the trap in there is that there's something, there's a piece of an identity that's let go, but then the identity restructures itself and fills in any gaps in things that were lost. And what this negation process actually is is a letting go of beliefs but there's no reforming it because in that reforming there's still a distortion maybe the distortion isn't as as challenging but even as long as there's belief as long as there's that character which has its attachments there will be suffering because suffering is an attachment to a some sort of belief so trying to concretize something in reality and rea- you know the relative world itself is is pure movement it it can't be concretized but a belief is trying to concretize something about the world and and kind of forming an identity or a lens through which the world is perceived and in that negation process it's the the character's you could say dismantled but it it it's seen through it's seen for what it is and you know after after that negation process is completed and after the you know there is a certain level of an awakening that character is still there so there is still a bird a jennifer here who has preferences and who moves through the world in a certain way, but there's no longer the, the the attachments have been seen for what they are, which is an illusion. The character has been seen for for what it is, which is an illusion, which is a, a, a distortion. And and in that letting go of the beliefs, the distortion, the lens is removed, and 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 there's no belief anymore that that any preference here is any better than any any other preference of any other character. You know, any of that stuff. So kind of circling back to trauma, I wanna, you know, at least like from a a relative perspective, speak on the way that I've come to to view trauma because it's actually it's it's quite interesting. So if you think of the the relative world, which is the world of of matter and, and time and space is that it's it's movement. Like there's constant movement, constant movement, constant movement. Nothing is is static. It's it's that's almost like a, you could call it a law of the relative world is movement. And um, So, the relative world is is made up of of you could call it energy. You know, it's interesting to to speak words like this because it's like there's not really a a belief in the words that I'm speaking, but it's um words are necessary to move through the relative world, so you could call it energy, you could call that movement energy. I don't know what it is, but you know a word that we use for it is energy <laughs> so this constant movement, and that move that energy energy wants to move. So, if if you look at even like the so I come from a an engineering background, <laughs> Bailey wandered in to see what's going on in here. Um, but if you look at even like the law of thermodynamics, is that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. So it's it's a movement. It's it's just constantly transitioning transforming moving and if you look at so if we look at the the stress cycle there's there's a everything that happens is, is movement is, is cycle so stress happens in in a cycle if you want to call it stress or, or any any sensation that might arise in the body that the thinking mind is going to try to organize and it might label it as stress it might label it as happiness it might label it as... Um, good experience bad experience whatever it is because that's the, the thinking mind naturally organizes things but that movement it, energy wants to move naturally that's that's by nature is is um, is what it's drawn to and there's a there's energy that you know is perceived in the body and it might come up in the body as a sensation so in, in what we call trauma, in what we label trauma, there's a, a sensation that arises in the body that may, be, that may you know, not feel pleasant, but that's not to label it bad or good. It's just an energy that arises and wants to be released. But because of some sort of circumstance or some sort of programming, there's a suppression of the, the releasing of that energy. So that energy wants to move up and out. You know, everything passes. But because of some sort of suppression or programming, that energy gets stuck. So, you know, think of maybe... uh, So let's use like a label of stress as an example. So in a situation where somebody might encounter... Um, a situation that maybe feels very intense in some way there's an a sensation that's felt that is maybe felt as um, something that the thinking mind might might label as stress so it's like an overwhelm so the heart starts to beat the the breathing changes there's perspiration so all of those things are simply sensations and experiences that are happening but because of some type of programming, the, the, the character suppresses the moving up and out of that energy. Because maybe the character has a belief that it's not safe to allow that expression or to allow that energy to be felt, to, to fully be, to be, really be with what's here it's not that that's not safe so there's a belief in that and so in that belief being formed that there it's not safe to to allow that energy to move up and out that there the, that belief starts to try to concretize something that is naturally wanting to move and so in that lack of expression. Of an energy that's or a sensation that's arising, there's a suppression. So instead of the energy or, or the sensation or what what have you moving up and out, it spins in place. It's still there's still movement, which is which is why you know we might call something like a trigger. We might experience a situation, and because we have that belief that it's not safe to fully allow this. This energy to move, there might be a, a, a something experience that triggers that belief and then there's maybe like a, a subtle acting out so that that energy that's spinning might kind of poke up and go back down because it's like, oh, pokes up, but oh, it's not it's still like that belief still not safe. So it spins and then it pokes up, but there's a belief that it's not safe. So it's, it's not fully allowed. So that's, that's kind of the way that I view trauma at this point. So what this awakening process and this negation process is, is seeing through every belief. And in that, naturally, the, what we label as trauma naturally gets worked through. It is unavoidable in, in an awakening process. Unavoidable. Every stone is... Turned. there's no stone left unturned as they say in this process so but the the key difference between how trauma manifests or is um how those beliefs are seen through and how it's discharged in an awakening process versus what um the way that you know we might process it from a relative sense which is maybe something like psychotherapy talk therapy any sort of somatic or body oriented modalities anything where you know there's not that awareness of the character what tends to happen is so what tends to happen is that the maybe maybe there there is a working through of that belief that like it's not safe to express this it's not safe to allow this sensation to fully to fully express in a moment and maybe there's a, a seeing through of that so there is a discharging but then you know as i was speaking on earlier like immediately what begins to happen is the character there's a hole In the character, and it starts to immediately look for ways to reform and restructure itself. So it will grasp, find some new identity, uh, or some new belief to fill the place. And it it might be a belief that, at least in the relative sense, is uh, makes for a a much sweeter life and a much um, a much happier and content life overall which is which is a wonderful and a beautiful thing but as it relates to as this um you know call it trauma awake uh, relates to awakening is that the key difference is that in this negation process of awakening is that those beliefs are seen through but there's not that restructuring because the character starts to be seen for what it is and the beliefs start to be seen for what they are which is an illusion and, and, you know, there are naturally times, you know, I've experienced times in that negation process where something is let go of and, and unconsciously without even realizing it, there was some sort of new thing that was brought in and, you know, found myself trapped in things. And, and then down the road was like, ah, okay, I see, what, I see what happened there. and And then discarding that too. So that negation process is a discarding of every single belief, every single attachment, that makes up the identity, the character, the ego, and um, so so trauma is really interesting in, in that way it, as it relates so it's it's unavoidable to do what we might call trauma work, but it doesn't manifest in the same way so the the way that that has expressed here has been really interesting so. Just kind of naturally, like the way that I'm naturally wired is is very somatic. So I'm very deeply body oriented, and you know that that has kind of occurred over years of of um, having yoga practice and teaching yoga and you know just exploring um, deeply, like sitting with energy here. And really, really tuning into and feeling like how, like, okay, there's a sensation arising and and not labeling it, but just, you know, learning to be with a sensation and not pushing it away, not not feeding it or acting out a behavior or a a belief, but just fully being with it. And so... It's the, the way that that has manifested here has been really interesting or the way that it's expressed here has been really interesting in that, um, uh, it was probably maybe like two years before my negation process actually started, which, you know, Henry and I, as we're speaking, kind of call that like the first quote unquote first step is when the, the beliefs start to be seen through and cast aside versus gathering, Um, is that I, there was an exploration of a trauma modality called TRE or, uh, tension or trauma release exercises. And it's very body based. And there was something that that triggered in me that, so essentially what, what it is, is that it is a modality that allows, that supports the body. It it facilitates physical energetic discharges. So, those, that spinning that I was talking about earlier will happen in, in various parts of the body. So you might, a lot of times, um, so it's very common in yoga, um, that in teaching, and you, and you might hear different, um, different people that are into different healing modalities talk about, like, we store a lot of things in our hips, we store a lot of things in our shoulders. There's certain areas of the body that certain beliefs, for, for whatever reason, tend to kind of like have a, an energetic cord associated with and so what what I noticed that was really interesting in in my own negation process is that through the experiencing and the and really um, really personally exploring something like TRE is that my body I started to learn to really trust the body, and it really helped me to understand that I am not the body, because there there was a very deep embodied knowing of of the the intelligence in the body, and when those shaking responses are facilitated, the the thinking mind wants to try to grasp it like, am I doing this? Oh, I'm doing this, but there's there's a very deep knowing that like, no. This is the body. So, and, and um, I can link to this below the video, but there's really interesting videos on YouTube that you can look up of animals having a, a shaking response after a, a stressful event. So the body stores that spinning energy. And then one of, there's lots of ways that that, that can be released in in human experience. It can be, um, experiences grief or tears. It can be experienced as, um, all sorts of different things. And one of the ways that I found was really helpful for me was that physical shaking response. And it kind of feels, um, like a convulsing in the body, um, which is really, it's really interesting to explore. But what I, what I noticed is that that was really helpful, and that was something that has been ongoing through my negation process is like learning to trust the body, and I'll start to feel a convulsion response or that shaking response coming on as a way of the body trying to release that stuck, spinning energy that's associated with a belief. And in allowing that shaking response to occur, and in allowing that energy to move up and out, that cord between that energy and a belief is severed. And there have been moments where there's still some sitting with a belief even after that, but that to me has been like a a really potent way that that negation process has unfolded, at least here. It's been very body-based and body-oriented, and that's been so helpful because it's been really easy to just allow that shaking response without trying to form a new story of like, what is this that I'm releasing? Whereas what I've noticed in exploring other modalities of like maybe feeling a sensation and labeling that sensation as sadness or anger, the thinking mind immediately tries to say, well, what am I angry about? Why am I, what is this sadness from? And so it's crafting a narrative to restructure the the character but one of the beautiful things at least in in my own process through this physical discharge um through practicing tre has been that it's at least something something here this may not be the case for everybody who plays with this but something here it was really easy for me to notice that like oh the mind the thinking mind is trying to attach a story here, but intuitively like there was such a deeply felt understanding of, I have no idea what this is. I just, I I know that there's a sensation, like a feeling happening in the body, but there's no, because of that modality, there's no association of like, that's anger, that's fear, that's this, that's that. So it was really easy not to structure, it's not to, not to, um, to catch the mind when it was trying to architect a story and for me to see through that, because it was like, Oh, mm, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't, you know, there's, there's no associations there. So it was really easy to see through those, those, um, those new beliefs as they were trying to, as the character was trying to form them, which was really cool actually. And, um, so that's, that modality was super powerful for me and really helpful for me in, in a negation process and in seeing through the character is that, you know, anytime that, that shaking response, and, and I've gotten to a point where there's such a deep trust with this body that when there's even like a sense that that shaking response is starting, I'll kind of lean into it and allow it. And, you know, as it's happening, you know, there's just maybe a thought of like, there goes another belief. See you later. I don't need to know what it is. I don't need to try to architect a story around it. I don't need to try to create a new identity or a new belief in its place. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for your service. See you later. Which is really cool. Um, So it's, um, it's actually been really interesting that at least in my own process, that this negation process has been... Or my, you know, sp- call it spiritual awakening, the process for me has been so grounded in the relative world and so body-oriented, which is really cool, actually, because it's it seems so common for people. And, you know, I fell into this trap in different ways for people to be seeking to transcend the body or trying to have out-of-body experiences where my, my negation process was, has been so rooted in the body. And, and through that, interestingly, through that rooting in the body, there's been like a deep, like a really deep understanding at this point that I am not this body. I am not the sensations that arise in this body the the true identity is something is something much deeper and um so that so embodiment there you know people i've heard people speak about you know um different levels of an awakening and what seems to be unfolding here recently is in the gut and um i've heard that that's you know one of the louder stages but like We can't hop over the human elements. There, we have to see through. There has to be a seeing through of all of the beliefs, and it just it gets more and more subtle the deeper we go. Um, There, you know, there being a belief or like a questioning of, well, who is it that's creating thoughts, or who is it that's breathing? um, thing that things that are, that are that subtle or where's that sensation coming from? So it's, it's really interesting, um, to, to explore. It, It seems like every, every process is so different and it's, it's been really, really wonderful actually to, to have my process be so, um, grounded in in the relative it's it's, it's very interesting and, and very much a paradox So very much a paradox so in that grounding in the relative there's been a an ability to see that the relative is is not the true identity that the true identity does not reside or it cannot be um cannot be found in the relative it is it may you know (laughs) words are so interesting it paradoxically makes up the relative and it is the container within which the relative forms and it is the substance of the relative if you'd like to call it that but simultaneously it is beyond it is completely beyond the relative so it's cool that through the relative and through trauma um there's no longer a an association with with trauma being good or bad or anything being good or bad. So in that way, the the way that I, I don't even really think of it as trauma, the way that energy, energetic movement has manifested here is very different than traditional or, or the way that trauma healing is is done in the relative world, but also like so so similar so it's really cool but just that that key fundamental difference of of discarding seeing through but not forming new new beliefs to to fill in the identity structure so I think that's it feels like all all for this video. Um, yeah, we'll see you soon.